We're back with segment two of the Zero Hour and our look at Thor Ragnarok. In my first segment, I talked about the plot of the movie and we listened to some music. In this segment, I'm going to talk about the cast and just how this movie incorporated elements from the Hulk comics. Of course, we're also going to listen to some more music. So before we take a look at these topics, let's start with another song from the movie with main title, Golden Ticket Pure Imagination, oddly enough from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which oddly plays in this very movie. Have a listen right here on the Zero Hour. So how exactly does Hulk fit into this story? Well, we know how he got here after Avengers Age of Ultron. The Quinjet somehow got into space and was pulled through some kind of a wormhole and crashed on Sakaar, where we know that Valkyrie, aka Scrapper 142, brought him to the Grand Master, where he then became his champion. This is based on the comic story of Planet Hulk, where Hulk is banished from Earth and lands on Sakaar and eventually ends up ruling it before coming back to Earth. At the time, Marvel couldn't do a solo Hulk movie without Universal being involved. So they decided to give Hulk a story arc that began here in Thor Ragnarok, and it was continued in Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. This storyline in the comics led to World War Hulk. While this did not happen in the MCU, it does not mean that World War Hulk will not happen. There have been strong rumors for some time that World War Hulk is in the works for either Phase 5 or Phase 6. While San Diego Comic-Con 2022 had Kevin Feige reveal what he said was all of Phase 5 and just a quarter of Phase 6, we did learn that Mark Ruffalo has signed on for several more Hulk appearances. The next of which we know is this year's She-Hulk. This movie made Thor and Hulk work together like a sort of buddy cop film. It was an enjoyable journey that was showing us what happened to these characters that weren't in Captain America Civil War. 
It also brought our heroes into direct confrontation with Thanos. Right now, let's check out the Thor Ragnarok official theme right here on the Zero Hour. brings us to the cast of the film. Thor Ragnarok sees the return of Chris Hemsworth as Thor. The film sees Thor undergo a huge change as his world, quite literally, gets destroyed all around him. Thor is by far one of, if not the most powerful character in the MCU. He consistently overcomes adversity and challenges no other character even comes close to. The rest of the cast is flushed out with returning characters Loki, Tom Hiddleston, Hulk and Bruce Banner, Mark Ruffalo, Odin, Anthony Hopkins, Doctor Strange, Benedict Cumberbatch, Heimdall, Idris Elba, and the Warriors 3, who all get killed in the film, and all played by returning actors Zachary Levi, Ray Stevenson, and Tanadobu Asano. And finally, let's not forget Stan Lee in his cameo as the man who cuts Thor's hair. The film introduces us to several new characters who go on to further appear in the MCU. Of course, those characters are Scrapper 142, also known as Valkyrie, played by Tessa Thompson, Hela, played by Kate Blanchett, the Grand Master, played by Jeff Goldblum, Scourge, played by Carl Urban, Korg, played by the director Taika Watiti, Topaz, played by Rachel House, and the actors in the play of Thor and Loki, played by Luke Hemsworth and Matt Damon, respectively. Of those characters, we would get to see most of them reprise their roles again in future MCU films. The funny part is that many fans have mentioned that Carl Urban should be cast as Wolverine in the MCU. I think many have forgotten he played Scourge, and that he's far too old to play Wolverine anyway. The cast for the movie was very impressive, and some of these characters I mentioned would go on to appear in more MCU content, including the fourth installment of the Thor franchise, Thor Love and Thunder, in 2022. Let's check out the cast of Thor Ragnarok doing their impressions of the Hulk right here on the Zero Hour. For everybody else trying today, what is the key to doing the Hulk voice? <laughs> Pretend like your throat <laughs> is in your navel. Got it. Can you do a Hulk impression? A stupid, white, small, scrawny god, you're pathetic. <laughs> you're the worst Avenger. <laughs> The angry girl. That's good. <laughs> that was good. That was good. That was a good way to start. Hulk like fire. Thor like water. <laughs> Hulk like raging fire. Thor like smoldering fire. Yes, yeah, same. Hulk like fire. Thor like water. Oh, kind of both like fire. But Hulk like raging fire. Thor like smoldering fire. <laughs> 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 
nothing like the Hulk. I don't know what it is, but it's no. That's, nothing I like think the Hulk. that's uh, that's your own Frankenstein and in, in Young Frankenstein. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, hey everybody, my name is uh, the Incredible Hulk. I'm on the inside. I'm a bit of a scientist. I'm a really delicate flower, and I'm a, I'm young at heart. And, and don't judge me just because I look like Shrek. That was a Korg. Hulk crossover. Yeah, well, that was my impression of, core, of Hulk doing an impression of Korg. Exactly. What is the number one reason people should go see this movie? It doesn't take itself too seriously, and it's sweet, it's the humor's not mean-spirited, and it's diverse, and it's great, strong woman characters, and it's everything you love about Marvel, but just that much better. Oh, come on! That was pretty amazing and pretty funny. The cast of the movie obviously had a great time making this movie. In fact, most of the dialogue was improvised, and the actors were encouraged to improvise throughout to keep the flow more organic. The direction and change in Thor was welcomed by Chris Hemsworth, who had grown bored by the character in his previous four appearances. This movie encouraged him to continue with the character until this very day. He's even expressed interest in doing a fifth Thor film. We'll have to wait and see if that comes to pass. In fact, let's have a listen to an interview with Chris Hemsworth on Thor Ragnarok, right here on the Zero Hour. Here we are again, my friend. Yeah, my, here we are. Can I tell you something? Uh, of all the videos, the interviews that we have on our, our channel, on yeah. YouTube, Backstage Your Well, Cheap Plug, our interview between you, myself, and Chris Evans is the most watched <laughs> Over 1.5 million views. Uh, I mean, you put me and Chris Evans in an interview, and uh, <laughs> shit goes crazy. It's, we've had, we've, we've had, we've been pulled back a few times. We've had publicists step in and say, "Guys, enough, enough, calm down." We just have too much fun. But you know, that's the way it should be. You should be having fun. Why not? Speaking of having fun, you love this character. I mean, your director just paid you the biggest compliment because I said, "What? Tell me a secret about Chris that we don't know. His, his work ethic, his style." He goes, "Chris is Thor." He goes, "I don't know if that's a secret." <laughs> he goes, "There's nobody else that can be Thor." You're, that's a huge compliment. That's a, so. Yeah. I know that you you absolutely you love this I love guy. It. Yeah, I do. I do, and I'd sort of. Played it five or six times before this film, and uh, and really it became a little familiar, you know. And I was like, God, I've got to change this up somehow. I've got to do something different. And you have an obligation, I think, in a franchise to keep mixing it up for fans and for you know for for, for the whole universe. And um, Taika had the same attitude. He was like, Yeah, we got to change this. We got to break the mold and do something different. And every day was a exploration and journey into sort of the unknown and. Highly improvised, a lot of fun, too much fun at times. But and, and it feels, it comes across. And I think because you don't want the Marvel films, they're obviously they're superheroes and comics and all that, but you don't want them to be the same. No, no, you got to. I think you got to do something different. And I said it to Kevin Feige a few years ago after he did the second one, and they were talking about the third one. I said, okay, but we've got to change it. I've got to you know, cut the hair, break the hammer, do all sorts of things, and give me different characters, give us a different universe. Let's get out of the sort of the Shakespearean um, period vibe that it might have had you know and just do something different because we did that and it was great right but now we you know it's time for the next step and um 
And this certainly was that. <laughs> so I went back to our interviews from the past. I was telling you about that a second ago. Do you know that I have never asked you how heavy the hammer is? The hammer, well, depending, there's a few different versions. There's a really heavy one, which, uh, which is kind of the walk and talk one. And then the stunt version may or may not be made of soft rubber, which isn't as cool. All right, we're going to play a game. It's called Three Things. Three Things. Real simple. Yep. Chris Pratt does this. Everybody does it. It's, you're going to love it. You're going you're to be awesome for this. Three things that Thor either will take or do in Texas. <laughs> Three things. Um, lend a helping hand. Um, check out some wonderful music. Sample some great food. Take some great food. That is perfect. That's what I was good? thinking. And I could just see Thor at ACL, like a music festival. That's right. Just with a hammer. <laughs> now let's hear from the director, Taika Waititi, on the film. Right here on The Zero Hour. So you're a fan of the Marvel MCU. Uh, how did that uh, affect you taking the job as well as your vision for what this film should be? Um, well, taking the job was easy because um, I just, you know, my chance at making a superhero movie you know, was not coming around that often, you know. So like when just something like that appears and like, you know, the universe, if you will, like gives you an opportunity like that, you should take it. And I, I just saw it as an opportunity to learn how to make bigger films and how, you know, how to learn. So because I, I can easily go back to my small films because I've always I've got those scripts that I'm going to keep working on. I'll do those. But the opportunity to go through this door into this world that's, you know, Huge budgets and amazing actors, a chance to work with all these people. And yeah, and to create something that was going to be a challenge for me was that was the thing that drew me towards it. Whenever I'm about to do a project and I feel nervous and that it might be the career ender for me, then I know it's a good move. And what about the vision of it? Did it. The vision, um, well, my vision originally was just make Thor the coolest character and make him the most entertaining character, otherwise, don't call the film Thor. And, um, and, we wanted, and Chris had already said this to everyone as well. He's like, I want to do something where I'm not doing the same thing, I'm not treading water again and again. I want to change the character up and make it more fun and just have an adventure. And so, and, and Marvel are very responsive to when people want to do that stuff. So I went in, and my vision was just that make it fun and colorful. And look at you know, that poster, it's like, it's got to be like that. It's got to be like the comic books that I grew up with, where it was like splash pages and Kirby art and it's fun and like vibrant and you know. It's one of the funniest Marvel uh, superhero Good. films. So uh, how, how was that on the set? Did you know that it was going to be um, with that comedy? Yeah, yeah. right from the beginning. Like, I know that they brought me in for my tone and you know for my sense of humor as well. So when we were writing the film and storylining and everything, and there were a lot of visual gags already wanted to get in there. And, and, and we knew that um, they knew that I'd ad-lib on all my movies anyway. So we used the script as a kind of template. We do probably a version of that. We just pick out the lines that are vital for exposition, and then we ad lib to make it better. What's the single most important thing you want audiences to walk out of the theater with after seeing a Thor ticket stub, or two, preferably? Um, I want them to feel. It, and the, the, I want audiences to feel a sense of joy and and, a, and just to kind of feel a bit more energized about life. Because this film has got a lot of life in it, even though it's a crazy superhero movie with you know a giant wolf in it and a zombie army and like you know Incredible Hulk and all these crazy elements, it's also a celebration of like life and 
energy and you know in this in this time you know, I, I think it's nice for people to be able to go to and escape to a cinema and have an experience like that where they can laugh you know and go and see it with their kids and laugh and you know and that's for me like a perfect film at the moment yeah the last question and i want to get it right because i didn't write these questions um uh, there was a lot of um excitement around where you were filming this brisbane 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 yeah brisbane uh how exciting was that for you to be able to film because obviously that's yeah it was okay it wasn't that exciting for me because there was lots of crowds and people like in back of our shots and stuff and it was really hard to move around the streets but afterwards after we'd wrap like that you could see just the sheer joy of those people seeing chris and tom and you know and the actors on the streets of brisbane and the screaming and yeah, they had barricades. It was it was nuts, but it was like it made me think that's kind of like what we're trying to do with the movie is like just get audiences to be excited about something again, you know? And like you know, I think they're going to be excited by this film. That brings us to the end of segment two. In our next segment, we're going to listen to some more music and another interview or two. Also, don't forget when the show is over to head on over to Facebook.com/superlativeradio and follow us. And don't forget you can also follow the Zero Hour on Facebook as well, right from our Superlative Radio page. Please support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash superlative radio to help us keep bringing you this great content each week. Not just with this show, but with our other two great shows, The Country Goldmine and Vinyl on Chrome, both hosted by Dylan Stone. We'll be right back in segment three right after this short break, so don't go away. (laughs) 